Welcome to Liquid Courage, the podcast where I, Amanda Pereira, sit down with a fellow artist that I admire and ask them the questions I've never had the guts to ask them before. Sounds scary? Yeah, it really is. So I use a little liquid courage in the form of my guest's favorite drink. We cheers, chat, and connect as I attempt to soak up all the wisdom they have to offer. Today I sit down with Sarah Hillier and we drink some Caesars together. Sarah is a comedian and actor currently based out of Toronto. She's been awarded multiple Canadian Comedy Awards, including Best Female Improviser, and has also been awarded Best Female Improviser by Now Magazine. Sarah wrote and starred in two award-winning mainstage shows at the Second City Toronto, and her comedy album with comedy partner Anessa Frantowski, titled Anessa and Sarah Get You Through the Day, is available on iTunes and Spotify through Howl and Roar Records. You may recognize Sarah's acting and voice acting from credits like Odd Squad on PBS, Transformers Bot Bots on Netflix, and The Amazing Gale Pile on Amazon and CBC. Her new podcast, The Funny Thing About Ghosts, a comedy podcast about ghosts and all things paranormal, just had its premiere yesterday, so check that out wherever you get your podcasts. So Sarah is a comedian, an actor, and someone I admire immensely. Okay, hi Sarah, officially. Hello. Hello. This is a little surreal, Sarah, because I have thought very highly of you for oh. like a decade, and I never initiate conversations with you because I'm too nervous. So You're is... me. I hope I don't put yes. out a vibe. Never. I hope never. I put out an open vibe. Come talk to me. You I think out, you're amazing. Like, I always oh. get a very like fun, funny, comfy vibe from you. I'm oh. always very comfortable around you. I have that on recording and that makes me feel so <laughs> nice. No, you never give out an unwelcome vibe. You give out Good. like a very welcome, very funny vibe. I'm just always like, wow, she is so cool and so talented and so like oh, you. herself. And I want to be that. And then I just um, you are shut yourself. her away. Oh, thanks, Sarah. Thank you. Uh, we've <laughs> talked uh, a few times at uh, your old place of work, current place of work, the Spaghetti mm. Factory. Oh, Spaghetti Factory. Yes, 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 yes. Yes, I saw you a few times there. Yes. With my kiddos. And always very. And you you and Andy have like, did you work together at some point or something? I was trying to think about this, how I know your husband. (laughs) I think it was like a day when I was working casting and maybe he came in to work as a reader. Yeah, he did that a couple times. Okay, so it must have been that. And then we discovered our our shared love of reality tv and now every time i see him it's a last time i saw him just immediately he was like you caught up on love island like it's just always yeah the go-to yeah yeah so when i found out that you also liked reality tv and it wasn't just andy i was like yes that's my in with her and so i don't know if you noticed but like the last big party we were both at at second city I was like, oh, Sarah, I'm going to talk to her about reality TV. Oh, I, I just was probably like, yes, someone finally talking. Because <laughs> a lot of people out of my, like, out of my core group, my friend Jess probably watches it the most. But not everybody else. And I'm no, in same. on it. I yeah. love it. Takes your mind off what you do yourself. And you mm. get entertainment of regular people. Yeah. That aren't performers. That aren't performers. I feel that too, because I, I 
I was trying to figure out why I enjoyed reality TV so much and with a little bit of shame of the why, which I will throw that away. I need to stop judging. No but shame. the fact that no shame, but the fact that, like you said, like not I feel like not a lot of my friends watch the shows that I'm watching, too. I'm like, well, it doesn't help with the shame. But I was trying to figure out, like, why do I enjoy it? And I think sometimes when I watch scripted TV, I love it. But I still feel like at work a little bit. Yeah. Well, I want to be on it. I'm right. like, oh, I want this I, always. And I find with reality TV, it's just this total take me, which TV should be in general for everybody, which mm-hmm. I think is for a lot of people, all TV and some show. I watch other TV too. I watch all the stuff, but I find, especially with reality TV, it just like, it's relaxing and it takes me out. And yeah. Yeah. Same. Yeah. Like overproduced reality TV. I don't mm. watch, like I don't watch the housewives. Because for mm. me, it's a mm-hmm. little overproduced. It's mm-hmm. a little like, we're all going to go on a boat today. Everyone's <laughs> going to go very... on a boat. Yeah. And now these are the things that we got to talk about on the boat. Like, I need a little less produ- production value. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So what are, like, your favorite go-to ones that aren't produced? Like, I do watch Real Housewives. I, but I also 100% understand what you're saying. I was just talking to someone about this, where it's like, there are some that feel like this is a reality show and we're filming a reality show. Tomorrow yeah. we're filming on the boat. So yeah. what are like the go-to ones for you that you love that help you escape? That I help me escape. Biggest yeah. ones. I'm going to say I love, uh, I, I don't know. I like Bachelor. I used to love Bachelor. Mm. I don't watch the actual Bachelor anymore because I find they pick the worst men to be the Bachelors now. (laughs) But I watch Bachelorette. Mm -hmm. I watch Bachelor in Paradise. Those island shows. Love Island was amazing. I'm going to watch F-Boy Island, the third season when it comes out. I watch watch a bit of the second season. It's not like Survivor. Love Survivor. Yeah. And, and like traitors, there was this one called traitors where it's like people have to like be mean to each other and kick people off secretly. Like, yeah, I'll watch any new one. Andy and I have this joke that, oh, Drag Race. Gosh, uh, of course. Drag Race of is course. number one. I almost don't even see that as I don't know why, but I don't even think of Drag Race as reality TV. Like I think about it as like elevated. I don't know. Some of the competition shows where it's about a specific skill, like a Project yes. Runway or Glow Up or the one where you like blow glass or Drag oh. Race. Blown away. Blown away. <laughs> yes, very good one. Blew very good. My very... mind. Yeah. Blown away. All the seasons. Me too. I just finished the new season of Glow Up and I'm, I'm just like, maybe I'll try and do an eyeliner wing again. Like maybe I'll oh, who knows? maybe yeah. I'll go crazy and try ring. Open my drink. <gasps> Open it. Yeah. There we nice go. crack. I'm so glad that you chose Caesars for us because it feels like a little meal. Yeah. Does anyone choose Caesars? Like is Caesars a hot one? I haven't had Caesars yet. First I'm the Caesars. first Caesar. You're the first Caesar in my life, Sarah. I mean, first Caesar in this podcast. You've never had a no, I know. I was like, I need to be very clear. I love Caesars. Um, also, but I hadn't tried the dill one until you. Yeah, so first dill of the, my life. Dill Caesar. I don't drink a ton. I eat gummies if mm-hmm. I want to like hang out and have a laugh. <laughs> a laugh. Uh, the mm-hmm. THC gummies. They're legal. <laughs> yeah, they're um, fully legal. I do the two point five. Mm-hmm. THC for 10 CBD in a gummy. Very oh, low amount, but yeah. it's very nice. But I like a drink once in a while, and I find, because I get really bad heartburn oh. for booze. So if it doesn't taste good, I don't want to drink it. I don't no. just drink things, and most booze to me taste bad. But these taste good. They are so good. I'm the same. I'm like, I'm not going to, it needs to taste good, or I don't want to drink it. Yeah. 
I mean, for these, I'm fine to taste something and be like, meh, not into it. But on a regular, yes. if I'm just yes. going out and having a drink, I'm not going to drink just for the effects of alcohol. I'm like, no. Yeah, if you're going to spend $10 or Ugh. $15 on a drink, I-, I hate when I get a cocktail. I'm like, I'll try that one. And yeah. then it tastes so intensely of like whiskey or something. I'm like, what have I done? <laughs> and it's like as much as your entree, 100%. Yeah, yeah. I've been trying lately um, because of reality TV. I've been trying um, espresso martinis and I love the taste of coffee. And oh my God, yum. I did one once. Did, do you find they keep you awake? So that's the thing is like, I can't even have coffee after like 2 p.m. or something. So a friend of mine made me a decaf one, and that was great. That was chef's kiss. But you can't really get that at – I mean, I don't know. I'm assuming I can't get that at restaurants. I I, I mean, I, it probably depends on the place. Like, I bet yeah. like maybe a bar isn't brewing decaf, decaf espresso. Coffee. <laughs> yeah, no, I don't have that. Yeah. But yeah. maybe a restaurant. Maybe mm. like a Joey. You know what I'm saying? Ugh. Like a Joey restaurant would do that for you. Just went to stuff. a Joey the, for you the first did? time – in maybe 10 years, I feel I've like. I've never been to a Joey. I just oh, feel Sarah, like... it's so overpriced. And our server, bless him, I think it was his first day, which is fine. My friend and I, we just went to dinner and then we were going to go to the Barbie movie. And we like, we're having dinner. And when he walked away from taking our order, didn't write anything down. Fine, ambitious, totally respect it. Both of us were like, we have no confidence. Like, this isn't going well. Yeah. He did okay, but yeah, Joey, very overpriced. But you know what? I should have tried. I should have asked them for a decaf espresso martini because they're yeah. so fucking. So yes, I do find that they would keep me up if, and that's why I don't understand. I always see on like Summer House and Winter House, the reality shows that like people are drinking them at dinners or Real Housewives are doing. I think it's like I think I'm just gonna do at like brunch. I think it's a brunch drink. Well, and but those people on like Summer House, they gotta do a lot of drugs too. So they're just they like must, they don't care right? about if they're staying. They want to stay up. Yeah, they, they do. They want to stay up all night. They want to shoot. One show that is a little produced like that that I do watch is the new Kardashians. I didn't watch yes. the old Kardashians, but I watched the new one. It's it's a little more documentary style than it mm-hmm. used to be, but I do watch that. Sometimes it's boring, but yeah. I'm actually with you. I didn't watch the old one, but then the new one came out on Disney Plus, and I'm like, yeah, I'm curious. And it is, yeah, it does feel produced, but there's something, they just seem so outside of my world that it seems. It feels like there's more genuine vibes. I do fast yeah. forward through the Kylie and, um, Kylie and Kendall stuff. Because that's just like, we're going to go ride horses. And I'm like, yeah, I don't yeah, yeah. care. I'm going to teach really... her how to drive stick. And I'm like, yeah, I don't want to yeah, watch exactly. this for like exactly. 20 minutes. Yeah. It's no, like, I'm with you. Unless you're having a huge reveal during that, I'm out. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know I'm not super interested in most of the storylines, but there's a couple that keep me. And then just the fascination with how this family works. I'm like, okay, I get yeah. what you're saying about the documentary style of it. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. Like, uh, in one of the last episodes, Chris got really upset over um, some dollhouses oh, yeah, that this yeah, woman yeah. had made for her for Christmas. And it was very, like, she broke a bit of <laughs> her did. veneer. Totally. Of, like, and she just, like, railed into this poor woman who makes dollhouses. She's like, oh, this is awful. This <laughs> is so really- off. And, like, it wasn't even one dollhouse. She wanted, like, seven individual unique, one for each identity of, like, her kids. Yeah. And, yeah, I I also was, like, I feel like you, she did. She gave it to the woman. And I question, like, how much, 
how much instruction how many instructions did you really give her i feel like it was just vague and then she came in and just hated everything like this is awful and it's like it looks like a christmas house to me chris yeah there's a lot of cute plaid and there's some snow and you're like i want a chanel little purse in the corner or like i want horses for kendall i'm like how is this woman supposed to know so and how it shows that she hasn't been in a crafting store in a while you know yeah her whole life her whole life i am watching um temptation island right now i don't know if you ever got into temptation island i think when it originally came out there was like years and years ago the first first season i watched it a bit yeah but i also watch all the ones on netflix but we'll get to those oh yes yes like the um like the ultimatum love is blind ultimatum love is blind. Uh, i keep checking i keep forgetting when the (laughs) the love is blind premiere is happening and i keep looking and again, <laughs> I fast forward through parts of it too. I fast forward yeah. through parts of every show. I, but I think that's, I mean, Traitor, that was one I fast forwarded through a lot and yes. I felt bad. I love Alan Cumming, but I was like, this is too much talking. Like, let's Lots get, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I had just seen The Mole on Netflix. I don't know if you saw mm. The Mole, but that felt so much better than Traitor that Traitor kind of, oh. yeah, yeah, yeah. The Mole has a guy from one of the other Netflix shows about love where they all were in the house. Yes. It was like shitty perfect match. Or yes. Something. Perfect match. Because he was from the mole and went on perfect match. And did he also go on Traitor? I can't even no, remember. No. No. Maybe. Now there's going to be a Canadian one. <gasps> I know. I was going to say. Yes. I know. Someone sent it and was like, Canadian you have to get too. on this. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yes. I would. I will totally watch the Traitor Canadian version. Yeah, me too. Absolutely. Okay, great. Well, then we'll have to check in talking about that too. Yeah, um, for sure. Okay, well, I, I I, mean, I could talk to you about reality TV forever. And, okay. I mean, we might come back to it. Um, I also want to talk to you about the TV that you make and that you are okay. on. Uh, okay, so first of all, I feel like you are killing it in the commercial world right now, Sarah Hillier. Like, I just feel like every commercial, I'm like, yep, she's being amazing again. Oh, she's being brilliant again. There, she's being funny again. Okay, so what is the key to nailing a commercial audition or a commercial self-tape? Like, help Who us knows? out. How are you? How are you doing this? I had this click recently with my agent where hmm. I was holding back because a, a long time I've been told I'm too broad, hmm. and then I was like holding back too much, and so I stopped doing that. Hmm. I stopped. I think I have performed long enough live, and I and that was when I was young. I went to L.A. because mm-hmm. I got a, a manager in L.A. And I went during pilot season and he was awesome. There was a couple casting directors for like pilots Mm. that were like a little less broad, do it again, a little less broad, which is great. They let me do it again. But he was like my manager, who I guess is still kind of my manager there, but I don't live there anymore. But he was like, but don't not be yourself. Like you, Mm. I I have you for a reason because you are you. So I always had that, but I think I still like clenched it too much and I was too... I didn't let my real personality show as much as I should. Mm. So then I just started doing that more and more. And that has helped me, I think. And what I found hard, though, with the pandemic is not being in the room because I'm an improviser. So I had to get over kind of that hump because I didn't book for a lot during that pandemic time because the connection I had and how I would book before was improvising inside the room Mm. always whether they like asked me to or not. So I think that would kind of set me apart sometimes because I would add something or something, but you can't do that in a self tape mm. because you don't know what that, or you do. And now I do that more, but I didn't. Cause I was like also like very aware of how I looked at the beginning of doing mm. self tapes. Mm. And that really held me back. 
So I think I've just kind of broken free of a couple of those things personally, and that's helped me personally. I don't know. Yeah. That's lately, but there's not been a lot of auditions anyways because of the lockout. So. Mm-hmm. Well, I think like I totally hear what you're saying that it's for you personally, but I do think that whole idea of like just be yourself a bit more like you might not appeal to every single person, but you're going to appeal more so to the right people for the right stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I, I used to teach this class in improv about confidence in improv specifically, mm-hmm. but I had this whole like kind of thing about like, well, why are we all doing this? Mm. Like, if we're going to hold back, if we're going to be nervous, then why are we even entertaining people? Like, ultimately, we're here for the audience. So, like, I try to think of that as much as possible of, like, Mm. well, I got to go for it because I got to entertain. I got to entertain. Well, and I feel like I'd rather they tell me, like, do this a little bit less than, like, okay, we need more from you anyway. So, yeah. I was doing self-tape with Andy. He was doing the self-tape and he added something at the end. He's like, I'm just going to do that now. Like, I'm just going to at least have fun also doing this because there's so many self-tapes and there's so many more people doing the Mm self-tape. So how do you get separate from everybody? Yeah, absolutely. I feel like when you're watching self-tapes too, you can tell when people are really enjoying themselves. And like that's somebody, ultimately it's someone to act for this yep. commercial or this show or whatever. It's also like choosing somebody to work with. Like you're going to have to just have a working relationship with them. So if they enjoy what they do and they're bringing that to the self tape, I don't know. I feel like you can tell when someone's enjoying yeah. themselves and having fun with it. And like, that's, you want to work with those people. Cause you want to have fun too. Yeah. feels contagious. Too. Yeah. And there was, there's this line too of them asking a lot of you sometimes mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. some of these and how far do you let yourself go? Because I'm like, well, I'm already here anyways. So if I'm going to make the self-tape, I may as well do what they say. Yeah. Even if, but then it's like this line of being taken advantage of. So it's just like this thing of like, so sometimes if I don't want to do like edit, there was one where they're like, okay, now do a wide shot, but make it for like, do your opening and do a wide shot all in four seconds. And I'm like, <laughs> I can't do that. Yeah. It's not happening. Who can do that? Yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> like. I, I can't do. That. Oh, they wanted you to like slate, like say your name for the, and then and then zoom like out three wide or shot. Four things, and then do a zoom out wide and shot. all four and seconds like, of under no. four seconds. And yeah. I was like, no, I can't talk that way. I can't yeah, say yeah. hi that like. So yeah. it's this game you play of trying to. So I've given into just like giving in to what I'm doing instead of just. It's hard. It's hard because you're like, do I? Sometimes like, I don't want to do this. So I'm just going to put in whatever. Mm-hmm. But then I'm like, well, I'm here. I should yeah. give it my best shot. Or why am I doing this? Like, why are any of us here then? And, like, that's, <laughs> yeah. I always do that. And then it's like. Uh, and then you've ended up like accidentally recording that and you watch it back yeah. and you're like, well, I'm well, having I'm a spiral. Here. I'm here. <laughs> yeah. If I don't do this. <laughs> I know. It is sometimes. I find when I get a self-tape or get an audition, my first reaction is dread. Like my first yeah. thing is like oh God, what am I going to have to rearrange? Like schedule wise, who do I disappoint? What am I disrupting? But then once I actually like set up the camera and get the outfit on and I get there, I always want to play longer than I had anticipated. Like I always enjoy it so much more. It's like, yeah, this is what I wanted to do anyway, pretending to do this thing and finding this funny angle to to do in it. And I don't know. I feel like the the idea of all of it is a lot more daunting. daunting. It's very daunting. And it's, uh, I always have the feeling of like dread that you're talking about. And I always remind myself, I feel this way every time. Mm -hmm. I feel this way every time. 
And then Andy and I were having a laugh though when I was his reader. Because mm. I was like, it was a male part. And I was like, I wonder if they'll hear me and want me for the movie. <laughs> yeah. And then Andy's like, I think that every time, Sarah. <laughs> I'm like, does everyone think when they're being a reader that it's like... They're going to hear me and want me to. <laughs> I mean, maybe. I get my partner sometimes to read for me just because it's convenient. We live together. Yeah. And then he's not an actor. But he has such incredible instincts with his line delivery. It, like, blows. Sometimes I, I break. Like, he or sometimes I've had a self-tape where I'm recording with him. And he says a line and I just have to stop and be like, wow, that was such a fuck. I didn't even think about saying the line that way. So sometimes I think like they're going to ask who my reader is and they're going to ask to hire him. And I'm going to be like, he's not yeah. an actor, but if you I want wonder him. I if it's ever happened that a reader, they've just heard the voice of a reader. Mm. Or if it's never happened and we all think <laughs> it can happen. I've had, I was doing a scene and I had a coach call out my reader and say that they were being selfish and distracting, that they were putting too much into it and like pulling focus from me and that they're making it about them. That very well could be me most of the time. <laughs> <laughs> that could be, oh, buddy. I, I just thought like I might have done that to Andy on the weekend. Oh, just I was this having past a hoot weekend. with my part. Yeah yeah. 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 It was a man. I couldn't book it for sure. You're like, nothing to lose except for Andy's job. But let's see, nothing to lose. I think, though, like, if it helps, I mean, the whole point of the reader is to support the actor. So, like, if if you reading that way, however you were, like, helps him have more fun or him be in the moment, then whatever. You're being a great reader. It's fine. Yeah, exactly. I'm perfect. And then then you're perfect. And then you're perfect. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Speaking of perfect, this is a great segue. Can we talk about your character work in comedy? Because you are incredible at like inhabiting characters like the characters that you play and they I don't know you just approach all your characters with such nuance so what what are kind of like your favorite characters to play or your favorite kind of characters to play do you think favorite kind I like uh someone in my like gut like Mm. like stuff like this I love (laughs) love like our base level human instincts characters (laughs) yeah And that's been, like, goblin and stuff like that. Like, things that are grotesque and Mm. gross. I love to play gross things and wild things. Yeah, I think... And I I love uh, anything that, like, is an easy base for me to improvise from. Mm. I like to improvise, obviously, most of the time more than write anything. So, And I find those that are, like, gut, which I think I perform from the most anyways. So I find that the easiest to kind of draw from. Mm. Why do you think you're, like, drawn to those characters that are very, like, primal or guttural? I think because it's, it's for one, a reference level we can all connect to Mm. a bit because we all have, we all have that in us. So I find maybe I connect with the audience on that level. Yeah, and I think they're just, they're a fun part. Maybe it's because being, like, a petite woman, people look at me a certain way, so I do the thing that's gross because <laughs> I'm either trying to be funny and make them laugh because it's unexpected, I think sometimes, but also it's kind of like, fuck you, I can do this like gross sh- character for you guys at the same time, mm-hmm. which is also like, I think people like to watch somebody doing, it's not just because I'm like, <laughs> trying like, to fuck you guys. Like it's not political, yeah, 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 but yeah. It's, yeah. it's like, I think audiences like a gross little character coming from like, a little redhead on stage. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, and I mean, like you said, like what is the point of us being here? And like, 
I don't know. I'm like, well, if you're going to go perform something and you can be anything, if you're going to create a character or improvise and you can be anything, why not be the thing that maybe in everyday life people don't always give you permission to be or give you space to be? Yeah, I think opposites are like a huge fun thing to play. Mm -hmm. And I think especially as like sketch and improv, it's really fun to play because I think a a lot of like stand-ups play kind of heightened versions of themselves Mm. or characters of themselves sometimes or whatever, but... They're pretty close because you're doing all these jokes and it's got to be hard to keep that up. So it's probably a little easier to keep it up. But if you're just like improvising a thing, mm. it's fun to play an opposite. I mean, I don't know if it's actually opposite of me. I'm kind of like that. But <laughs> <laughs> maybe my expectations. Yeah, yeah. What people would judge right off the bat if they didn't know you at all or something. Seeing yeah. like, yeah, 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 totally. Well, and I feel like whenever I see you on stage, you just seem so fearless and just you just go for it what are what are things that you feel shy or nervous about doing or talking about on stage is there anything is there subject matter or like the type of characters that make you nervous to play other than yeah I mean other than like well actually no never mind no I was gonna be like other than problematic characters but those are actually really fun because you're playing a character so no I think those scare me though I, I am afraid of if I'm playing a problematic character of saying something wrong or hurting mm. someone's feelings, I think I'll go for it. But those would be the things when I was on second city, the thing that made me the most nervous was like, I did like a improv character by myself mm. and that always doing things. I still do it, but those things would make me the most nervous, not having the support of other players around me Wow, interesting. doing things solo. Yeah, for sure. And I do it, but I do group stuff way more. What's the worry if you're up there by yourself? I think like, if it's not going well, what do I grab onto? Mm. Like, what is the thing that's going to save me from this feeling of dread and horribleness <laughs> that's happening? When you're with people, you share it. Like, yeah. you share the... Even though, like, often you can be the person that's fucking it up and everyone else is improvising fine and you're the one that <laughs> is having an off night. So yeah. you could be the reason. And I've been that reason, but... Like, I have stand-up ideas, mm. and I haven't bit the bullet. I did it when I was younger, and I did good. I was fine. But I just naturally gravitated towards improv mm. and sketch. And I, I think I like it the most, but now I'm, like, kind of interested in... Now that I'm a mom, and I have all these, like, again, like, reference level of, like, motherhood, I feel like, is for, on one side, like, parents would connect with the things I've experienced in the past, like, four years. Mm. But also me being a bit of a gremlin goblin talking about (laughs) this kind of stuff to people who don't have kids might be interesting for them too. So I'm just kind of like, I have some jokes I want to do. So Mm. I might do stand up. I don't know. I think that would be great. Give me a couple. Give me a couple times out. Okay. All right. All right. This is everybody listening, watching. You got to If you got to but we need like a real good, we need a real good stand up show. If you're going to get, yeah, I need a supportive, supportive. Yeah that always has a good crowd yeah 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 and, yeah yeah because yeah. i think what i want to do is just read be like uh, i haven't done i'm i'm this kind of comedian mm-hmm. i'm doing this for the first time let's try out my jokes together like that's the kind of atmosphere i'd want to do it in for the first few times but i saw anessa's stand-up set mm. anessa frantowski's her album recording and it was just so kind of different than other stand-ups was so funny mm. And it was inspiring to see that. And I was like, okay, that inspires me to maybe try my own kind of do- way of doing this. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, that's what's fun is, well, it comes back to the self-tape thing of like finding and like commercial audition, like finding your own way to do it. You don't have to do like the broad yeah. version of stand up. It's whatever yeah. it means for you. And I found also with 
self-tapes, I was really stuck on how I looked for a long time. Mm. And I would, like, post a position for my face to be in that I was comfortable. Mm. And then I would keep that position for so... <laughs> and now I'm just like, I can't do that. Yeah, so just, I, like, not move your head at all. Let's just get it done. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. Take after take after take. I remember for Working Moms, there was this one time, it took so many takes. <laughs> And it was just like, for sure, took away from the performance because yeah. I was just way more worried about how I looked. Yeah, unless it's like this character, one of their specific traits is they don't move. Like, it's hard to yes. feel like a real human yeah. being. What do you think, like, in terms of being more focused or aware of how you were looking on self-tapes, was that just because, like, the audition process, moving from being in person to being self-tapes, you have to, like, edit your own face yeah. so much? 100%. Or, yeah. 100%. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I never thought of it at all before. Yeah, yeah. And I think it really stopped me from booking stuff during the beginning of the pandemic. Yeah. I was just so... I remember doing a callback on Zoom, and I during it, I kept playing with my bangs because I could see that they were all yeah. messed up. And now I just don't even... Yeah. I, like, stare at myself while I do it because I do, like, my own selfie camera and I, just, oh, yeah, yeah, and I yeah. don't even it doesn't bother me at all <laughs> yeah I did a zoom callback where it was on my iPad it was like a smaller screen and what I was trying to do was make it so I only saw the director and I didn't see me yes that's good I do like though I find it helpful seeing like even just a small square of myself so that I can tell that I'm center frame like that, that yes. I can t- especially if I'm gonna like enter frame or I'm gonna move around or whatever But for whatever reason, I had, like, updated the Zoom app, and I fucked it up, and I could only see myself. I, like, locked myself full screen, and the director was talking, and I didn't want to look at myself as I listened. So then I didn't look. I didn't look. I looked off to the side because I didn't. And then I'm like, this guy thinks. Yeah, this guy thinks I don't even fucking care. I ended that callback. I literally walked into my bedroom where my partner was, our bedroom. And yeah. we've only lived together a couple of years. I'm still saying my bedroom, our bedroom. <laughs> and I just basically, he's like, how did it go? I'm like, nope. <laughs> it did yeah, not. That's how I felt. Yeah. I was like, I played with my bangs the whole time. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It's not happening. But now I, I find watching myself helps with my acting and like, I'm totally comfortable now with mm-hmm. myself, mm-hmm. but I, I wasn't for a while. Yeah. But now I don't care as much because now I'm, that's the only way we do things commercial at least yeah yeah actually the first one for kind of everything I think is yeah I feel like everyone's just kind of moved towards it so yeah it's kind of just something I'm like well I just have to get comfortable with this yeah and it's been kind of cool noticing different habits that I didn't know I had when I speak like I realize I put my chin up a lot and it's just it's fucking distracting like when I see myself so now I'm like Oh, okay, chin down so that you look a little more like a human being. And in real life, it's probably fine. But on camera, it looks strange. So it'll just save me when I get on set, not lifting my yeah, chin up. Or... I have a couple things. I like move my lips in weird ways or I <laughs> blink a lot. <laughs> I blink a lot. That one's great. That could be a character. Yeah. I wouldn't mind that yeah. one. Yeah. So in terms of um, you were talking about you're talking about since you became a mom and wanting to do stand up and you've spoken about like in previous podcasts or like interviews about how important and helpful shared experiences can be and how like pregnancy, motherhood, postpartum, you just don't really hear a lot of people talking about that. And that's something that I really, that really resonated with me because like being an actor plus being able to be a mom and like be happy is something that really terrifies me. Like I, I often look to people like you and Paloma and I just think like, okay, look, the, those are people who both of the 
partners are artists and they're doing it. Yeah. Like you guys bought a house. I'm like, how the fuck is that happening? So why do you think people don't talk about pregnancy and motherhood and postpartum very much? What do you think I don't know. that is? I don't, I, I don't, I think our industry is made to believe that like it is hard and I see a lot of my peers not or being scared to do it so they don't do it for a long time and then they mm-hmm. don't end up doing it because they thought it would be hard. And I, I, Andy and I talked about it for a long time and then we decided to do it. I don't know why it's not talked about, but what I'll say about it is for anyone kind of wondering about kids and this business, for me personally, my point of view, is that our jobs as actors and actresses and everything are up and down with joy. Like we Mm. have high, high highs and low, low lows, no matter kind of what level you're at. And it's not consistent. You can't like rely on it for joy, but for a long time, it's a big part of our joy because it's our job, it's our career. And then when I had kids, I found kids gave me this consistent joy. So then I didn't rely, I still do my job and I still like shooting for the moon with my job, but I don't rely on my job only for my joy. Mm. And now it's like, I ha- and Andy's, sure, Andy's joy too, for sure, he brings joy. <laughs> But that's, it's like kids are this different level of joy that just is consistent. And I think it's kind of a gift for actors Mm. to have something like that because our jobs are so irregular Mm. and like weird. So if that helps at all, I find it just like brings me joy. It's hard, but like, I don't know. We kind of have these jobs where we get also time off and we get, it's like not the same kind of schedule. So sometimes it's easier for us to have kids Mm. sometimes. Mm-hmm. because we don't have the nine to five. Yeah. In what? Yeah. I would love that. Like in having kids and then I guess, and then coming back to auditioning and acting and in what ways were things harder and what ways were things easier? Cause I'm sure, like you said, like I'm sure there's both. So yeah. Yeah. I'd say harder at the very beginning. Like mm. when I had Harry, mm-hmm. I had a C-section. So I had eight weeks. And then right when I came back, I had been requested for a commercial. And I was like, whew, that's right when I'm allowed to, like, start working again. Wow. Because it's six weeks for a vaginal birth and it's eight weeks for a C-section. Mm. It's kind of what you're supposed to wait. Mm. To and this is heal. during that period you need to be healing, no lifting, no, like, is it that kind of? Kind or of is no it... lifting. Like, I think some people go, like, people in the States mm. don't really have maternity leave. So yeah. I think sometimes they go back to work in those times. Mm. But you're supposed to let your body rest during that time and mm. hold nothing bigger than the baby and stuff like that. And there's levels of when you can work out and when you can drive and all that, depending mm. on your incision, depending on what happened. But with C-section, it's like eight weeks because it's like a pretty major surgery. Yeah. So it's like eight weeks is pretty much the time you want to take. And at eight weeks, they want me to come back. So I was like, okay. But it was r- really soon to be coming back. And I was like pumping in between takes and they weren't really giving me the time to pump and uh-huh. giving me the, the food to create breast milk. Knowing, like, they didn't, like, because we are like, okay, that's fine. And it's pretty normal to be like, I need a pumping room to pump yeah. privately. And they gave me, like, a dressing room in the place I was in where you could, like, I was sitting in there and there was, like, the holes at the top and the bottom of the door. And it's just your... <laughs> Oh, no, it wasn't even like a well, separate dressing, like a green room. It was no, just like a no, dressing room, like at a, no, at I a was store. like in a grocery store. Oh. So it was like a dressing room anyways. So in that way it was okay. But in the other way it was one day and 
I got to make cash right away, mm -hmm. which was great because we don't have regular maternity leaves because we're gig performers. Mm -hmm. And I think the things that have made it easier for me is I'm not, go back to the joy thing, I'm not as desperate inside the audition room for this to bring me my joy. Mm. I am for money, give me money always, but <laughs> I, I'm not as like hungry for that. Like this is all I need, like have in front of me to kind of fill my cup. Yeah. I have something filling my cup. I have my family filling my cup. So like this helps me with this and I get to do this, but also like being a stage performer, I think we also fill up our cup that way too. Mm -hmm. So it's a little mm -hmm. different when you're inside the the audition room. Cause you're like, well, at least I have a show tonight. If mm -hmm. this goes bad and I can like feel good about myself again. Mm -hmm. I hadn't even thought about the, that, about it being like, because you can, I think it is really easy to get, to start feeling like the only thing I have in my life or the only thing that matters or brings me joy is like my last show or the audition yeah. or the gig and having something that matters so much more on like a cellular level that yeah. brings you joy that is separate I didn't even think about it that way it does make me feel a little better <laughs> yeah yeah and, and the accomplishment of children too is like mm. somebody else decides what we get accomplished care career-wise yeah we try, like we set things up, like we do podcasts, we do stuff like that. That's in our control. But for the film and TV work mm -hmm. and the commercial work, that's up to somebody else. Mm -hmm. So kids is something that you accomplish. And I'm somebody, people always ask me, what am I surprised with kids? Mm. And it's that we can all do it. Mm. Like we can all have kids and be fine. They're not that expensive. At least one. I have two. It's a little more expensive. Still not that bad. Mm. We could all live before. You can definitely live with kids too. Mm. And they're great. Oh, what surprised you about pregnancy that you hadn't known before? Just how uncomfortable it is. Pregnancy terrifies me, Sarah. The whole idea of it, it freaks me out. It's like, uh, and I think it's so It is a blip, cool, but it's a it's... blip of time. Okay. It goes pretty fast. Yeah? It is. Okay. Yeah. It's not to, for what you get it, like I had a not great first pregnancy. Mm. Not the worst. People have much worse, but it wasn't amazing. I had a lot of pain. Mm. It's something called an aging placenta. Sounds um, wonderful. Yeah, what is an yeah. aging plus? Is it like Benjamin it's a Button? Calcified, on the opposite. It's opposite. opposite. It's a calcified, calcifying placenta. So they had to like check it all the time. And I had a lot of pain. Mm. In my he was really low like the whole time. Mm. And it was just, I had, yeah, and I had to like a lot of doctor's visits and it was just uncomfortable and blah. And then I did it again. So yeah. it shows you that like, I didn't forget it. Mm. But because of the outcome, I was willing to do it again. Mm. Mm. I mean, Harry is Harry is very cute. So he's very cute. Yeah, <laughs> it was worth it. And then he convinced me to have his brother. Yeah, a real little cute. Who's also so cute. God, you and Andy make cute kids. So you had talked about like in terms of self esteem and body image post pregnancy. Mm -hmm. That and this was on the self esteem party podcast. Oh, the Helena. Yeah. yeah. And you had said that you were like, no, I actually hated my body more before having kids than after having kids. Because Alana, the host yeah. of the podcast, was asking you like about how pregnancy and having kids influenced yeah. your self-esteem. So how did having kids help you love your body even more than previously? I think like 
I always say, like, I just care how my face looks, and mm. I don't care how the rest of my body looks. <laughs> Have you always been like that? Like, you just always felt no, that way? No, no, no. <laughs> no, no. Like, people care about, like, how their stomach looks after kids, and I'm mm. like, not at all. I, like, stretched out completely twice. Like, what? <laughs> my body just won't look the same. And I don't know if it's because I'm a comedian or whatever, and I don't think my body should matter, but I don't think anyone's body should matter, really. But sometimes in different positions in what we do, people are shitty. And Mm -hmm. like, if you're like a romance actress, maybe they're going to care a little more. Mm. But I'm just a comedian. Like, who cares (laughs) what I look like? Yeah, I think I just like, I don't know what kind of the switch was. I think it was just that I went through all of that and my body did all that, which sounds kind of corny and everyone says that. But I actually like don't, my stomach doesn't bother me at all. And Mm -hmm. my stomach's great, but it's changed. Like my body looks very different. Mm -hmm. And I just am comfortable with that part of it. Sometimes in pictures, I still don't like how I look, all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. It's not like I'm not completely accepting of myself at all, but I don't look at myself and think I'm gross or anything. But my body to some people might be because it's like different. Mm -hmm. Because it's like, I have the hanging skin. I have all that stuff Mm -hmm. that I did not have before. So I think it is fucking incredible what our bodies do when they are creating and like cooking a human being and then giving life to a human being like it's actually something that i i can't fully comprehend that that's able to happen my first pregnancy it was very hard to imagine what having a baby was like that i was having a baby like that that this led to that yeah and at all what that would be like and the only advice I can give with that is like, yeah, and then when you have it, it's like blows your mind that you have to take care of a baby for so yeah. like that you have this baby now and it's such intense responsibility and you love it so much, but it's such intense responsibility. Yeah. And you're just like, Well, and then like three weeks later it's like, Yep, this is just life now. Mm. But at the beginning, me and Andy were like, Whoa, look at what this is happening. And you, I don't think there's a way to prepare. Maybe that's why people don't talk about it because there's no way to prepare it. Yeah. But breastfeeding is really hard. And if you don't want to do it, don't do it. Yeah. That's my other advice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. I see my mom friends so often. Like, I feel like it's so quick moving to like self-judgment or like, oh, maybe yeah. there's so many oh, like, oh, maybe yeah. I should and I should. And I'm like, you know, what's the best gift to your baby? How you care for yourself. Like, what do you, they yes. get to see how to treat themselves by how you treat yourself. So and like make all the mistakes you want. You don't have to be like mental health perfect, whatever. But no, just you're not you're never gonna No, if it's super stressful and painful for you to breastfeed, that's not gonna be an enjoyable experience for your baby anyway. So you do No, and it's like, like it really doesn't matter. I stopped breastfeeding with Harriet like five or six months, my first and I felt so guilty that I didn't go a year. No. And then with Owen at three months, I'm like, this isn't working out anymore. We're done. Bye. We're done. Owen, And he was a really big baby. So I was like, thank God. It wasn't breastfeeding him at like six months. (laughs) It would have been huge. Yeah, you're like, you're big enough, Owen. Calm down. Just like it would have been like me holding this huge, like he still was huge. Doesn't matter. Formula, breast milk. He was up for anything. Yeah, yeah. And... I would have been holding this huge baby <laughs> free, like it, on my boob. I just, I'm personally not someone who's like needs, I feel connected in every way without needing that mm-hmm. as part of it. It was nice to experience. It. it was beautiful, especially those first three months with both of them, but I didn't need it to continue. And like scientifically, it doesn't really matter at that point. Like, mm-hmm. or it doesn't really matter at all. I saw this this person from, I don't know if you watch Bachelor at all, but Ashley. I used to. Kennedy or something. Like, of Ashley and Jared. I don't oh, know yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so 
she just decided not to breastfeed. Mm. And I think that's a great decision. And I was like, yes. And she had a great time. She had a she great didn't... time. <laughs> yeah, because it's like you've made the decision, so yeah. you're not failing at it. Yeah. What a great Aww. decision. Yeah. And I think, too, I mean, when people jump on other people's parenting decisions, and it, I feel like often it's behind this disguise, that's my opinion of it, of like, we just care about the baby. And I'm like, no, this yeah. is about you. You don't care about Ashley's baby that much. Like, come yeah, on. Yeah, to like, you don't even know to... her. You don't know her baby. Like, you... Well, and people, it's always people who are probably insecure about whatever decisions they made. Or maybe they pushed through something like that when they were feeling mentally awful. Mm. So then they're like, everyone should do this. Yeah, it's like, it's like a resentment on You can do that if their you end. want to. Yeah. But yeah, but you don't have to. And I had people... For all over the place with Harry being like, oh, you're done. And I'm like, well, I did it for five, like five and a half months. Also, if you did it for zero months, like, yeah, I'm done. I don't know what your layer of judgment is. Yeah. And also it's not done. I'm not doing it. It doesn't need to have started. Like, what is <laughs> yeah. up with you? Like, here is my therapist card. Calm down. But it's like everything. People are so invasive. I'll say that when you're pregnant mm. and when you're, when you have kids, people ask you a lot of personal questions. Someone asked me at my shower in Ottawa, how much weight have you gained? And I was like, I don't know. <laughs> well, like, how much did you weigh before? And I'm like, <laughs> oh, wow. They I doubled down and had a follow-up They wanted question? the number. They wanted to figure out the number. They're like, well, and I brought I a like, scale. So uh, how much did you weigh before? Let's weigh you now. That's ridiculous. That is something where, like, I don't want people touching my pregnant yes. stomach like I don't want them touching my body and I also get uncomfortable when people just like grab other people's kids yeah it depends it really depends on your relationship with the parent and the kid I'm not saying nobody should ever grab another kid like there are pe there are people in my life yes. where I will grab their children I just yes mean when it's like oh wait a stranger as you're walking by with a stroller and if it's like oh they're so cute and they're touching their face and I'm like whoa I don't even like that when people used to do that to my dog like don't touch oh, yeah. my dog so yeah people yeah. I was at the grocery store Owen's like almost two mm. and he was upset and then the a woman who worked there was like what's wrong and like patted his head and I was like don't touch him don't he's fine don't pat another human being what are he you doing can cry in your loblaws yeah it's fine <laughs> yeah he is fine oh yeah that's also when I'm like if any kid is ever crying in public with their parent I'm just like my loving energy to all of you Thank you for all of you keeping each other alive. Good job. Hope everything's cool. Well, we were cool. all babies. Like, People who get mad about it. I'm like, someone did it for you. Yeah. You were a fucking baby, man. You were screaming like, in a Loblaws one day, too. And like, we were you're all fine. Babies. We were all screaming in Loblawses. Okay, so Sarah Hillier, let me see if I can remember. You have won multiple Canadian Comedy Awards. You've been on Second City Made Stage twice. You've acted in movies and series and commercials, as we've established, and voiced characters in animation. I feel like you have, like, done everything in a career. And when I was thinking about you, I'm like, I wonder what your, in an ideal world, I wonder what your dream scenario of your career looks like. Because I'm like, wow, I feel like she has done all the things. Like, what does your dream career look like? What are you doing? Where are you living? What does your life look like? I think my absolute dream career would yeah. be having my own talk show. Oh, fun. That's why I've gotten into the podcast. That's why I'm doing the podcast. Yeah. Because I was like, I've done the social a couple times. This is like a guest, like one of their chairs that they have, just random, like two days. And 
I was like, I really like that. And in improv, I like doing that sometimes. Like, sometimes you're put in that position to judge or something or host or something. And I think that would be the dream to go to work and do that. Or, like, have your own TV show, I mm. think, would be obviously, like... Like, if I could do an improvised TV show, that would be the other thing. Oh, fine. But right now, yeah, like, just, like, full improvised B-prov TV show or my own talk show. Yeah. What about you? What's yours? That's a good question. I didn't even think about it when I, I was just thinking about your life. What's my ideal? I mean, I do love talking to people, so I can totally see why that would be yeah. incredible. I would love one time in my life to have my own TV show that I also show run. Like, I think it would yes. kill yes. me and I don't want to do it forever, but I would love to do that for a season once in my life. That would be huge. Yeah. I would love to do that. And then yeah. I've kind of always like, whenever I've watched, I mean, it's kind of come from this podcast too. Like interviewing people and talking with people is so, it's such a fucking joy, like getting to connect mm -hmm. with people um, and it's silly. I should just do it in my everyday life. Like, if you're a person that I've wanted to be like, hey, do you want to grab a drink for 10 years? I should probably just do that. I don't need to start a podcast yeah. to do that. But, you know, baby steps. So this is very enjoyable to me. And I think having doing some form of this, whether it's like a radio show or something where I get to just yeah. like connect with other people and talk to other people and just learn about how other people's brains work. I don't know what that looks like. Like that could be a talk show. It could be a radio show. It could be continuing to be a podcast. Um, but yeah, I love doing that. And I wouldn't mind doing it with like a co-host partner who's different yeah. than me. I think that would bring so much to the table because in these conversations, obviously like my brain might guide them be the constant. So I'd love to have like a co-host with me. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's Especially in like a TV setting, because I've done some podcasts with people mm -hmm. and sometimes just organizing with each other is hard. Yeah. Time-wise, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're yeah. not together <laughs> and stuff like that. So yeah, I think just like, honestly, my dream would be like the simplest thing I can do for the best reward. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And I'd want like a consistent schedule where it's yeah. like a you 10 to 2, Monday to Thursday. That's what I'd like. It would, yeah, I would just, I think it would be the best. Yeah. Those two things, like an improvised show. I would love to like have, I would love to write an animation or like that's mm. dreams too, but like ultimate dream. Yeah. Own talk show. Yeah. Oh God. I, the writing, not the writing of animation, but that is a career dream of mine is yes. voice acting on an animated series, like a recurring character on an animated series that has always just been such a dream you voice recorded voice acted on animated series multiple what was voice what was the what was the experience like voice acting for animation it was like pretty what you think it is yeah kind of like this you just go in a room and then you do it yeah and i was just a recurring character on bot bots not <laughs> just but i was a recurring character on bot bots and um it was really fun, and they often get you, because they can, under the union, get you to do, like, one or two lines for somebody else on the same day. So you'd get to be other random little characters in it, too. So, I mean, that also, I would love to do that. I think there's something, though, that's happened with our industry where, with self-tapes and everything, there's so many people going for the same things. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's harder and harder to book stuff, because you're not in the room. They have so many options. 
and they have options from all over. People can be, before you had to kind of have this as like your full on gig to get some opportunities, not all opportunities. You could still be like kind of doing it on the side to get some, but some you, you had to be a full actor mm-hmm. or actress. And now it's a little different. Like everybody can kind of send stuff in mm-hmm. and a lot more people have come to it over this time. So I feel like there's all this lack of control in what we do. Mm. So I find like, I, I really love doing that animation stuff, but I feel like, and I'm still put out for it all the time, but I feel like now they have so many options because mm. everybody can record at home and everybody like feels hard. It feels daunting. That feels daunting. Mm. It was fun. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It was super daunting. I just want to control it myself somehow, you know? <laughs> Yeah, I know. I know. I mean, honestly, that's what freaks me out about pregnancy is the loss of control. It's not even like body changing necessarily. I mean, I don't know, maybe I'll get into but the loss of control and I there is a loss of control. Yeah, it's like something's happening and I can't stop it and I'm not in control. And I think with this industry, like that is my often my main thing that I'm trying to figure out is like, how do I keep my life my own and not just like taken over by everybody else my schedule taken over by Oh, here's an audition. So like you change your evening and that's fine, but you don't want that. It's not good for you all the time. And yeah. So that whole like control part, that's a really hard part of figuring out how to balance still feeling like your life is your own. So do you think you want kids? Can I ask that on this? I think, yeah, absolutely. You can ask me when I was younger, I really thought I did. And then as I got older, I feel like it was the first time I allowed myself to even like entertain the idea of not having kids and I loved that idea I feel like being raised as a woman I or as a girl to a woman I was like constantly told just indirectly like you should want kids like you want kids everybody wants kids the default is you want kids when we were younger it was like You'll be a mom. Yeah. You'll have kids. Where do kids come from? All of all, it. Those were all our conversations. How many kids do you want to yeah. have? A million. Like it wasn't, those. do you want kids? It was, how many kids do you want? hundred yeah. percent. And it wasn't, I feel fortunate that like, it was, what do you want to be when you grow up? How many kids do you want? It was both of them. It yeah. wasn't like you can't have a career, but it was never. And if you didn't want a kid, it was like, oh, maybe you just have some trauma you need to work through. Like it was some sort of like yeah. problem. And so I don't want to have a kid and then realize I never wanted a kid. That was a fear I had. Yeah. I had a fear like I wouldn't connect. Because you hear about those stories of women mm. who felt they needed to, and then they don't feel connected afterwards. <sighs> but I think yeah. that is definitely more of past generations. Mm. Like, you're already having a lot more thoughts about if you want to or not. And you're a young lady. I don't know how old you are, but you seem younger than me, even. And so you have time to still, like, so I'm telling See myself I'm 33 and yeah. I said I was like oh you're I'm fine. like I have till 35 to even think about it that's what I've told myself because yes. I I guess what I want to you can do, always freeze your eggs I can if, hey book a big job freeze my eggs you know yeah and then you have the choice for as long as you want yeah and you, and it's like I love having kids but I don't think everyone needs to have them yeah I had a friend talked talking to me about kids and and I was like, do you want kids? And then the other person with us was like, does everyone have to? I was like, no, but they asked me about it. <laughs> yeah. So when somebody asks me about it in a certain way, I'm like, you want kids. Yeah. And I can tell. But also like, I don't know. People are happy without as well. Yeah. And there is like a loss of control. Control is a, a good way mm-hmm. in some ways mm-hmm. when you're pregnant, when you have kids. But then you kind of have it like 
I find like I've amped up how I am in a lot of ways mm. than how I was before. I'm more organized than I was. Still not mm. very organized. <laughs> but I'm better at all of those things because of kids mm. than I was before. Because I had to be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, because they're relying. There's like a, oh, there's a term for that. I can't remember. I was listening to something the other day. where they're just talking about like when someone or something that is very meaningful to you, like, require something of you you might be more likely to do it than maybe if you require it and you're like no but I don't really require it I'm fine I don't need to be organized but if it's like I gotta be organized for Harry and Owen that's a non-negotiable like you're gonna yeah like I have to the house will get to a point where I'm like I have to clean it this has to happen now um because I can't have it be messier than this for for children yeah yeah so um and I have to make a decent dinner, dinner yeah <laughs> not just me andy makes most of the meals <laughs> yeah yeah but we have to have these things we have to have for me the big thing that was like i got it is lunch i was yeah. like <laughs> when they're not in daycare you're like i gotta make lunch for him yeah, yeah. and breakfast every morning <laughs> yeah because yeah. i never did that for myself yeah. before <laughs> i would have girl dinner kind of stuff all the time and for kids it's like no which makes me feel more accomplished yeah for me personally, which I think was, I didn't even know I needed before. Yeah. I mean, it definitely, I can imagine, like it gives you, it it requires of you like a certain structure and consistency and stability that I think is good for any human being. So if you're doing it yeah. for kids, then you get the residuals of that, of like, you are also maybe having lunch or you just have the routine of every day you're making lunch. So I think yeah. there are so many... Like, I, I love kids, and often people will say, like, oh, you love kids, like, to my partner and I, my partner also loves kids, like, you guys should have them, and I just, it's so different going and hanging out with a niece yes. of mine versus having my own. I think what I want to do, and I don't know if this is, like, even possible, I want to unbrainwash myself and then see for myself, because I want to feel like it's my choice. Yes. And lately, I am leaning more towards, my partner and I was just talking about this, like, we're leaning more towards that we both do because for years we were both unsure we think we yeah. do want kids that was the same with us yeah that was the same with us we had big talks and it took us about a year of talking about it thinking we did mm-hmm. but not knowing and really talking about it and then we hung out with a friend's baby and it was like the click that we both Aww. needed but it was not and it was the same for the second mm-hmm. we talked about it for a while mm-hmm. it wasn't ever a for sure thing and I think that's why I was nervous like how will I react as a mom mm. Because it wasn't like I knew this was going to happen the whole time. Mm-hmm. I love kids and, I, and I'm and i very lucky because it can be very hard to have kids. Yeah. That's the other side of it. Yeah. Is then sometimes you don't know you want it and then you decide you want it and then it's hard to make it happen. Yeah. That and they're sucks. like, well, you should have started 10 years ago. And you're like, I wasn't ready. I mean, for me, too, yeah. I think with getting older, definitely there's the there, you know, there's the aspect of like, well, maybe I'm making it less likely that I can biologically have kids. But I think also it's just my parents getting older. That's the only bummer for me. Like, once I know I want them, I don't want to wait too long to try and have them because I'd like my parents to be the youngest grandparents they can be for them and my kids. And that's helpful. That's helpful. Yeah, 100%. Well, I even (laughs) was like, Andy's dad is older. Yeah. And when, before I started trying, I'm like, how, you will be your dad's age with, like, it, it almost matches up soon. Let's wow. do this. Cause yeah. you know, like when you put it kind of in that perspective of like how old you'll be when they're a certain age. Totally. But I was 33 when I got pregnant with her and I was 34 when I had him hmm. and that was good. Yeah. And then with Owen, I was 36 and it was, I was like, Andy was wanted to, but I was like, we either kind of do it now. Mm. 
or we don't because I want to be done being pregnant. Yeah. I wanted that like part of my life to be over. Yeah, 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 so. yeah. Yeah, I'm ready for that part. Well, and that's such a huge, oh, such a huge part of it that I think I do feel a little resentful that it has to be me. That like I have yeah. to be pregnant and I have to give birth and I have to. And they don't, like Andy was incredibly supportive, mm-hmm. incredibly helpful partner, but nobody, un- no people who can't carry don't understand the feeling of it mm. and how it takes over your body mm-hmm. it, and like what it does. But again, Owen was a little easier. Than He's, <laughs> He's a little easier. He's, He's a little easier than that. Oh, going back to being on the social. Yeah. I saw your post about it and you always have such cute outfits. Oh, so on the social, first of all, when I think about going on the social, cause I've seen some of like people in the, in our, in yeah. the community and stuff going on. Right. They're liking comedians like right now, like popping on. And, well, yeah. and like, I think who was like you and I think I saw this a while ago, like Lisa Gilroy or like Natalie Metcalf, like people going on. And I always think like, it's, I would be really excited. And then also really nervous so oh, yeah. how did you how did you like stay yourself going on there and not be too freaky out freak out <laughs> I think that the performance part of you clicks in once you're in those situations but I was really nervous yeah really nervous I, I always get really nervous the night before something like mm. that and then on the day I'm okay yeah uh, unless it's an audition like if I have an in-person audition where I have to remember a bunch of lines I'm nervous right up until I'm done like lines scary but just like talking and knowing I can I was afraid of like saying something wrong or something and having like people see me and not like what I said for sure but I think on the day I was just a little less nervous yeah and then once you're they're really nice too Mm. they like are very accepting because I guess they're very used to people coming in and they're very nice people Mm. and they were just super welcoming which really made me feel better I knew a couple people who worked on set, mm. uh, the costume designer and the audience person. I knew them, so that helped too. Oh, that's nice. Because I was like, I have some familiar faces. Yeah. So that helped me, and then they were all, just, and then it felt just normal because they were so normal, and they were like, "Yep, you're supposed to be here." Like they made me feel that way. Oh. So I think when you feel that way, I didn't have imposter syndrome there because they were so welcoming. Mm. So I was like, okay, great. I'm like worthy of being here. <laughs> <laughs> and so if you like, when you picture your own talk show, do you picture something like that where you have like you and other people or do you picture you solo interviewing people? I think either or like just some kind of job like that would be great. I think ultimate me, mm-hmm. like ultimately I would, you know, like a Drew Barrymore show without being a scab. <laughs> oh man. Okay, Sarah, can I ask you, does scab stand for something that I'm an idiot and don't know? I don't know. Okay, great. It's all over TikTok. People are calling her scabs. Scab. Yeah, because scab is like going against crossing picket lines. I know that. Oh, that's so what scab, scab is crossing. Means. Yeah, so it okay. can be that's for any union, teachers union, all the unions. If you cross the the picket line, mm. and go back to work. Uh, you are a scab. You're called a scab. Uh, so and the whole argument with Drew was that that she decided not to, but was that so. Her and what she does mm. and what the other, some of the producers who do write a lot of the show, they are not WGA, so they wouldn't necessarily be scabs, mm. but then there are like three or four WGA writers on her show, then that makes her a scab. Oh, because she'd force them back. 
Right. Well, no, uh -oh. she wouldn't force them back, I don't think. But I think the fact that it's a WJ show in basically that's enough to make it that. Right. I, think, I see. That then she is. I read it on Impact. You know that there's a <laughs> Instagram called Impact. No. They explain a, a lot of stuff to me. Okay, <laughs> I'm now I'm gonna follow it because I was literally <laughs> yeah. on TikTok seeing Drew Barrymore like apologizing, but I didn't yes. know details. And then I was like, okay, hold on. Yeah, and then it's like, oh, yes, there's hundreds of people who work on her show. Mm, mm. So that's who she's trying to bring back. But also, it's very bad for the greater good of the thousands of writers yeah. that are striking. Yeah. And so, but it was, the only thing that was kind of weird about it is that, like, tons of shows were going to go back. The View was going to go back. Oh. The, or it's still going. Like, there, like, there are a bunch of shows that were going back, but she was the one that was single that equally wrong right deserves it all of but all of them do like i don't get why like this the talk wasn't they pulled back as well but nobody was shitting on them the way they were shitting on drew yeah all over but. tiktok it was like drew barrymore is a scab and i was like what is a scab i should have just googled it i was just like i don't understand yeah. what's going on but that makes sense because i did know about like she wanted to bring the show back and but wg is still yeah. striking so like what are you doing and yes absolutely okay well now i learned something new and maybe i'll follow impact on instagram yeah, it's good. It really helps me feel like I know things. <laughs> has those perfect picture, info pictures or whatever they're called. Oh, that's what I need. I was literally thinking the other day, like, where should I go for my news? Like, I need a news source well, that I trust. Well, now we don't get news on Instagram in Canada because Trudeau wanted to charge Instagram money to pay the Canadian news outlet. So we don't get news anymore. They're just like, fine, we're not doing that. You don't get news. Sorry, I'm burping from my drink. That's fine. Did they <laughs> did they post... Wait, did you learn that on Impact? Like, I need to follow Impact. No, no. I think I learned that through maybe the news. <laughs> Just like the regular news. I don't the watch the news, news every night. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it might have been the actual news. Yeah. So, yeah, so we don't... We can't... You can't post about news. Oh. And you can't... Anything like that. So, like, you can post from sources like Impact. Because mm -hmm. that is not, like... CBC or CTV, but like any newspapers or anything, articles aren't able to link anymore to Instagram, as far as I know. Well, goddamn. Yeah, it sucks. Weird. That's weird to me. Yeah, it is weird. And also, I need a news outlet because I can't get my news. I can't be like, hi, guest of the podcast. Like, tell me the news of the world. Like, I need to up my. Yeah, I was listening to The Daily, the podcast The Daily, for a while. But it's so American focused that likes, and it's yeah. still interesting. How long is it? There. Oh, that's a good question because I stopped listening. Maybe twenty. You know what? I'm gonna lie to you. I have no idea. Yeah. But not like an hour daily podcast. I feel like it's twenty to twenty five minutes. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Sped this up. Some of those podcasts. But, yeah. Andy, he doesn't like short podcasts because then what are you gonna listen to after it? <laughs> <laughs> Fair. So. Fair. So fair. Okay. So to wrap up today, I would love to ask, oh, first okay. of all, I'm wearing this sweater for you. I don't know if you watch Vanderpump because it's overly produced and stupid, but it is a sweater from some of the people in Vanderpump Rules. And I was like, oh, I need to wear a reality TV related oh, shirt I for love you that. today. I've been to Sir, but I don't watch Vander. I love her. Van Lisa Vanderpump. Okay. Lisa Vanderpump. Okay. L you love her. I find she seems the most natural out of every single housewife. Ah, uh, she is. I, I, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I, she's, I feel very much like she is opportunistic 
which I'm not judging because go at it. Yes. But in a way, like she doesn't own it. Like on Vanderpump often, she's like to the team, like we all have to be treating each other better. And like, you know, come on, I'm I'm just here to help you. Yeah. And then literally she'll say that. And then she'll say, oh, so I like, and then in the back, oh, so I heard so-and-so fuck this person and you're dating it. Like she stirs the shit up because she she knows it makes her TV better. But love a good businesswoman. Yes. And I love the gossip, the tea that's happened, obviously. Oh. Been all, like, I'm all in on all of that stuff. Yeah. I still, like, look at all the gossip websites and good gossip website, Neighborhood Talk. Okay, look thank you. On, I don't, on, I don't know. Um, I don't Instagram. read any of them. Okay, I will. I will. I, that is, that's a show where my friends who don't watch reality TV have messaged me. I have sent out so many voice notes of like summarizing what's going on on Vanderpump Rules because everybody's yes. asking, you know? Everyone's yeah, asking. Yeah, that's like, I, get it. I almost feel like you could do a mini podcast just giving people information about that one drama. Just filling it like, in. Like just call it Scandoval or whatever it's called and give them what they need. Just give them what they need. I have essentially started an unofficial service where friends are like, I would like to get into reality TV or I would like to get into Real Housewives. Where should I start? Yes. And then I ask them a bunch of questions and get them in. People have done that with Drag Race. I was like, where should I start? Oh. We're like season five. Yes, yes, yes. Watch it all and then go back. Do you watch Drag Race? Yes, love. Yes. 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 Oh, so good. Yes, but yes. shows like that, it is like, I guess similar to Housewives, there's so many different ones like UK, Canada, all start like yes. all over the place that it can be overwhelming. So yeah. So I'm often like, all right, what kind of reality tv do you want to watch because all the housewives are so different from each other but for you if you were to be on a reality show this could be a competition show or just a life show like vanderpump or whatever what kind of reality show you can create your own like what kind of what would be the perfect reality show for you to be in I think like a drag race Mm. would be but I'm not a drag queen I wouldn't be on it but something like that where you get to perform and you get to do all these other skills and it's competition. I like the competition ones. And then I'll also say uh, my husband and I often talk about how we would love to be the bachelor bachelorette. Cause you get to kiss so many people at once. Right. And it's okay. Yeah. It's just fine. Yeah. 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 It doesn't matter. It's what you're supposed to do. You literally in three days can have sex with three different people. <laughs> And it's in the fantasy suites and it's what you're supposed to do. It's a part of the journey. A hundred percent. Love Island. It's funny. Like Love Island, they are so, the idea is like, oh, you're supposed to date all these people. But then I feel like people get punished for it. It's like, oh, so you were coupled up with this person, but now you kiss this person. And I'm like, you've been coupled up for two, you've known this person for two days. Yeah. Well, and that's Bachelor in Paradise too. Yeah, that's so true. I don't know if you watch The Bachelor I do. I have So Bachelor and Bachelorette, I haven't watched in a number of years but I'm the same with you. I stopped Bachelor for a while. And then anyway. Big, boring, boring guys. There's the newest guy. I like the new guy. Okay. Joey. Joey is the next guy. He's cute and he's interesting. Okay. He's not just like a boring, like football looking guy. Uh, yeah. But The Bachelor in Paradise, I do watch. And for a while it was fine because I still knew the people from before. And maybe there was like yeah. four people I didn't know. I'll still watch it now, and I just don't know anything about the people, and I don't care. Because I Bachelor in Paradise. Bachelor in Paradise Canada was good this season. Oh, I didn't see it Canada this season. Wild. Okay, I'll watch. It I'll was watch. Wild. And Golden Bachelor. What's, Golden Bachelor. What's Golden Bachelor? 75 year old, 77 year old, 73 year old Bachelor? Shut up. Oh, oh yes. I'm in. 
I need to see the drama there, like how people will fight. Ooh. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I watched this stupid one. I couldn't finish it. The, did you watch the MILF one? It was so dumb. No, I didn't watch the MILF one. It was, I knew it was going to be so, whatever. It's just punching this down to everyone Delph. on the show. And this is, yeah. This is Delph. This is Delph. So it's I'm like, like his is... daughters put him up for it. Aww. His four daughters. Wow. There's already some tea that maybe he's kind of a shit guy, but oh, okay. I think it was. But the daughters are like that he was like cheating on their mom, but the daughters like love him so much. I don't think that was like. Okay. It didn't. You know when people might be like start trying to start shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, Even just to like start buzz for the show. It's like whatever. I don't believe that. Yeah. Okay, Golden Bachelor. I love that. I like your idea of a competition show. I've often thought how like reality competition shows for like every art discipline except for like acting. And yeah, there was next comic. Oh, comic next standing last comic standing. Yeah, last comic standing. Yeah, yeah. I think for like improv is very hard to capture on film. Yeah, 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 yeah. Except yeah. for whose line? Whose line is like got it? Yeah, that's it. Yeah, but acting like scripted acting. Yeah, scripted acting. That would be a good one to do. There was one because I I googled this. I don't know so long ago, but there was one reality show I can't remember the name stage something maybe and it was like one season I can't find it anywhere because I'd love to watch it and be like oh yeah this is why this didn't work but we do everything else we do modeling we do glass blowing we do makeup hair like we do Kayla Lorette was in an improv one on CBC when she first she was like 19 oh what's the, do you remember what that one's called Ian McIntyre was on it it's probably on their IMDB oh I should go okay but that it had like one season and whoever it was with the second city and whoever won got to be on tour <laughs> no <laughs> that's fucking great oh my gosh wait so it was like an improv competition show yep. I didn't watch it wow but I got to know Kayla while she was like finishing it up and then she moved here like then she stayed oh ah. so I, that's how I got to know her, but she was young. Like it brought her into the city young. Wow. She'd be a great guest. I don't know if you've had her, but maybe I will. Instantly, my hands got sweaty when you were like, "Oh, maybe Kayla." You're great. You should never talk to everyone. That's one thing I've always done is I've I talked to everybody because I just I've made friends with people who I never thought I'd be friends with mm-hmm. because I just talked to them. Because we're all peers. Mm. Like, everyone's just peers. That's it. No matter what level. Like, I would see Ellen and be like, we're peers. DeGeneres? That's who we're talking about. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't yeah. know why I no, because Ellen. you're No, but you're on first name basis. Do you know what I mean? Because you're a peer. Yeah, but... Yeah, yeah. But we're a peer. peer. Ellen. Ellen. Yeah, exactly. Peer. Ellen. I just... I'm like, I just like, want to confirm. at festivals yeah. and stuff like yeah. that, I'm just like, no, we're all the same. We're... The way Inessa put... We all sit. <laughs> we all sit. <laughs> And we all oh, just period. We all sit. I love that. We all sit. Just like everyone sits. And also what I say, we all have the same garbage cans. We all have the same city garbage cans. No one's got a fancy. You can't. Not allowed to have a fancy garbage can. You're not you allowed. to use the city one. Yeah. 100%. So we're all the same. We all wipe all our poops. You're right. I actually went to Harry's in junior kindergarten and I talked to the principal for a second at this like coffee thing. And I got really nervous to talk to a principal more nervous than I've ever been to wow. talk to like, anyone that's like an idol of mine or something. But I, woof, I was sweating. Why? Why? And I was like messing up my words. I was, like, bloop, bloop, bloop. I was just like being nerdy and be like, if you ever need like an improv class or something, <laughs> I can bring it. You're like offering your skills. Yeah. Why, why do you think you got so nervous with the principal? Because she's got the power. She's principal. And it's like, you mm. know, you want your kid to have fun. You want them to be comfortable. And, yeah. Woof. You don't want them to be like the kid who's principal. No, the kid who's no, the kid that the principal hates their mom. 
whatever. Yeah. You know? yeah, 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 yeah. You don't want to be the annoying mom. No, no. But you want to show effort and you want to show that you care. So you want to talk, mm-hmm. but you don't want to be the dreaded word Karen about it. Mm. But you want to be like, I care. So you know that. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know. I'm new to the world. So that's daunting more than anything I ever do performance-wise what you just described is how I feel if I like go to talk to you or something where I'm like I want to show that I'd like to talk but I also am not going to be annoying about it I'm not gonna be pushy but I want to know that I would like to be here and also well it's a minefield we'll talk now okay great we'll talk Great, great, great. I love that. Well, thanks so much, Sarah. It was so awesome chatting with thanks you today. Thanks for having me. This was great. It was my pleasure. And I can't wait to message you about Golden Bachelor. We'll see. Yes. We'll see how we feel yes, about it. Yes, please do. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Liquid Courage Podcast. If you like what you heard and you're looking to support the show, here's a few ways you can help. You can leave the show a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts. Or you can follow the show on Instagram and TikTok at Liquid Courage Podcast. Or, and best of all, you can tell a friend about the show. Tell a family member, tell a coworker, post about your favorite episode online. Spread the word. That really is the best way to help support the show and help it grow. Did I just rhyme? Okay, until the next episode. Cheers. <laughs>